Welcome to the Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Diego, dude, we have Naaman Taylor today. Now, I've recorded him before. I've done a podcast with him uh, back on the Rookie Show, but today uh, he's a year and a half past that, right? He's not a beginner anymore. He's got like a bajillion rental properties. He's wholesaling. He's on Turo. He's doing a lot of things, and he's such a great leader. Uh, you don't want to miss this podcast at all. Listen all the way till the end. Yeah, I really like the way that how he started right in the middle of the whole coronavirus pandemic, mm-hmm. but he started investing in real estate while he was out of the country. So wow. I really like that story and how he scaled to over 20 doors and now has all these other businesses too. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's a really good podcast. He drops some huge bombs, uh, mentorships, going to events, the whole bit. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. All right, guys, let's bring him in. Naaman, finally, bro, we got you on the podcast, the Rat Race to Five podcast, man. We're super excited to have you on. Diego, what's up, dude? How are you? What's up, Felipe? Doing well, doing well. Excited to be hanging out next week. Yeah, we're going to get to see Naaman next week. Super excited. Naaman, for those who don't know, though, like I, I know you, uh, you know, we've been connected ever since I uh, you, um, recorded you on the uh, podcast with the Rookie Show. Uh, and then we just kind of clicked from there. Uh, obviously, we've hung out now and I know why, but tell the listeners who you are a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of we'll kind of dig into those a little. Yeah, when, when we first linked up, uh, I was just getting started in real estate, honestly, and we had such a good time on that podcast, uh, the Rookie Podcast. And then just getting to meet you and, and all that stuff, like exactly what you said, just we know why we get along. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't it, we had such a good time just on the on the podcast itself. It was really easy when we got to meet each other to just have another good time uh, and grown that relationship from for just from stemming from that original podcast that I just applied for. I didn't have any like special skills or anything. I was like, I don't know. I think I have some an interesting story that people would like to hear. So I just decided <laughs> to fill out the thing and get on there. And man, thank God I did because man has this through this relationship and and your mentorship and stuff like that. I've uh I've had a lot of success. So and uh, getting to know me, name and Taylor. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, grew up there since age 11. I was born there. And I went I went through some foster care stuff and uh, with my mom. And I lived in Georgia for a while in the country. Got to go back with her when she got custody back of us. So I grew up like kind of a little bit all over before uh, I joined the military in 2009. And I've been in for 12 years. I've deployed multiple times, Iraq, Afghanistan, been stationed in Korea, spent some time in Germany, traveling Europe uh, while I was in the military. So I've had a handful of experience and traveled the world already. And uh, I've got the travel bug. And once I got introduced to real estate investing, I, I knew this was going to be the way that I was going to get to travel the world for the rest of my life. That's exciting. Well, first and foremost, I think I said it on the Rook Show and I'll say it again. Thank you for your service, man. We appreciate it. It takes a, takes a, takes a brave man to do what you do. So thank you for that. I don't want that just to kind of slide over. Uh, but okay, so it sounds like you kind of had like a, a rough past. Uh, what was high school like for you? I know that's an awkward time for a lot of us, but what was, what was high school like for you? High school was actually really cool for me. I played basketball. Uh, I was, you know, varsity sports, cool guy. I had jock. really long hair, braids. Yeah, jock. Like I'm from Cleveland, so we had Bone Thugs and Harmony, so we we're all kind of looking like that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but high school was a lot of fun for me. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get in too much trouble. You know, just being in Cleveland, it's a rough environment. So yeah. to be able to stay out of the streets and not get in trouble was was difficult. But I was able, I was able to do it and join the military uh, right after high school. Mm. So isn't MGK from Cleveland? Yep, Eastside Cleveland Wild Boy. Hey. <laughs> that song gets me crunk every time at the gym, though. Yep, you know we got we got MGK, we got LeBron James, we got Steve Amy Ochich, we got a, a bunch of oh man, you know, badass people stars. in different industries. Exactly. Yeah, you do. Okay, so high school seemed to be pretty pretty easy for you then, Jock. The whole bit. How did military come from that? I knew early on in my life I didn't want a regular job. I was like, man. 
I, my dad worked at a factory. My mom was, had inconsistent jobs, just different job all the time growing up. And I knew I didn't want those types of jobs. So early in my junior year, I decided I was going to join the army. I was like, a couple of my friends had joined the uh, Air Force prior year prior. So I knew myself I was going to join some sort of branch. And a guy that I played basketball with, uh, my buddy Anthony, we both decided, like, hey, let's just go to the Army. It wasn't like a well-thought-out plan or anything. And my dad even said, like, that was a very bold move to just join the Army as a as basically as a kid. And uh, I thought about that. I reflect on that all the time because now I want my life to be a series of bold moves. Interesting. So – military life came you did that and you're still doing that uh give us give us boot camp how was that i know that's always kind of the question that a lot of people get and then from there how'd you get into real estate yeah so starting out in boot camp i showed up and i had no idea how good i was at running i grew up playing basketball just hooping every day of my life and i showed up and i was literally i was the fastest person out of like, you know, hundreds of people. And I'm thinking like, man, if I had known this, you know, I probably would have been some sort of track star or something, you know. He's uh, a runner. He's a track star. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. I was running like sub. I mean, with no training, I was just showing up and running sub 12, two miles. Uh, just just straight out of the gate. No practice just from playing basketball. But I was very weak when I was 18. I could do like 30 pushups. Uh, so it was, it was a trade off, you know, just playing basketball growing up. Boot camp was very easy for me. I stood out, uh, ended up getting like an early promotion, being like the platoon leader, sergeant guy, you know, just it was really easy for me, too. But based off of just my athletic background, it, it wasn't that hard to apply uh, that to trans, uh, trans. It translated well in the army. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you're lucky I wasn't there, but uh, that's OK. Being a close second would have been just fine. In running, Felipe? Yeah, dude, of course. <laughs> no, name it. The other day, me and Diego went running. What did we do, like three miles or two miles, Diego? We did three miles, but I had to push you, bro. I was struggling. Boy. I was like, man, lifting and running is not the same at all. No, these are very different uh, basic sports. The first time I met yeah. you, though, is when you were running. We were, you guys were finishing up that run on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> you are co- coming in hot in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but I was coming in hot though. But, but you were I coming. I was in coming. Hot. Them yeah, boys were already at, at the very end, and I was like, oh, "Here I come." Yeah, just wait. Like, come on, I'll finish. Day. I'll always finish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. That's awesome. Okay, so military, you did well. High school seems like you did well. So it seems like you just persevered through some of the struggles that you had as a teenager. You said you went through some foster uh, care system. My mom actually fosters two kids, so I totally understand the process, dude. For those that don't know, that sucks, and. I can't imagine an adult going through that, let alone a kid. I mean, there's some, you really got to have a, a, a tough, a tough like mental capacity to get through that because these poor kids, man, it's, it's almost like just like a, I guess that's why I call it the foster system. It's literally just like a system, man. I feel so bad. And, and we try our best to like do the best we can while the kids are, uh, are in my mom's care. Uh, but it's, it's tough. So, okay. So you overcame that. Then you got through high school and, and you went to uh, the military um before we get to real estate though really quick did you go to college i did some college early mm-hmm. in my military career because they pay for it okay and i found out very quickly that that also wasn't for me yeah and no, i totally agree <laughs> yeah i got i probably have about 18 credit hours or something at this point mm-hmm. um but i think the older i get the more the more i still get curious about it so i think there are things that you should study uh formally but for the most part I've had more success with uh, self-education and just education through conversation like this. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to that. I know. I know what you're trying to get. We'll get. We'll get to it. I love that. I, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. So I'm super excited to hear that. So, but let's not. Let's try, let's try to stay on track. Real estate. How'd you find real estate through all this? Seems kind of random. You're overseas. You're you military man. Like, where did real estate fall into all this? Yeah, it was during the right when the pandemic started. I was, I was stationed in, in Germany and I was traveling a bunch and having a lot of fun and, you know, just being in the army over there and the pandemic hit and basically everything stopped for us and we were at home a lot. And I was in my, I was in the barracks at the time. My wife was still living in, in uh, Dallas. So I was in the barracks in Germany and I, I bought an Xbox like most guys do there. Cause all the guys I worked with played 
uh, Call of Duty. I didn't I hadn't played any video games for like ten years. I just I just didn't. I worked out and, and did work and hung out with my friends and stuff like that and traveled. And so whenever all that stopped, I bought an Xbox, like you know, so I can hang out with the guys from work still from my barracks room. And I played video games for like a month, and I was like, this this isn't for me. Like, it was fun. I still had a good time. We were still crushing and getting dubs on Call of Duty. But I was like, this is really, I don't love this. You know, what am I doing with my time? So I started watching YouTube uh, videos. I started with Dave Ramsey and huh. squared myself away in like two months on what he was talking about. <laughs> it didn't take very long to yeah. do a couple baby steps and like save my money and stuff. And I was like, this is not going to get me paid though or any, Mm-mm. it's not going to make me any money doing this. So maybe making my coffee at the house. I already did that. Like, I was like, I got to yeah. figure out a way to actually make more money, not just save save some. Yeah. And by chance, by luck, the YouTube algorithm had bigger pockets, like one episode of that underneath the Dave Ramsey stuff. And this was like old beardy Brandon, you know, like no beard, pimply face. It's just like <laughs> the old, the old, one of these really old episodes. And I watched yeah. about 200 episodes of that. I just went all in. I watched one and I loved it. And there, there no one had like really introduced me to anything else so i was just sitting in my bedroom by myself i'd drink coffee and i'd watch you know these episodes and like i said i watched probably 200 of them and i and then i was like okay i think i could do this strategy that they keep mentioning um but i knew i couldn't do it by myself so there was a person on one of the episodes that i watched that i really liked i thought i could get along with and i just reached out to him because he, he he had success he had been a professor he was a, an appraisal person. He had door, a bunch of doors in the market that I wanted to be in. So all this stuff sounded very impressive to me. So at the time, I only had one, one or two properties that I had lived in, which is why I had them. No investor mindset at all. And so I reached out to that person and I just shot him some DMs. And I went, I went one for one. I didn't reach out to a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm like, hey, can you help me you know, figure out real estate? I reached out to one and asked him if he offered any mentorship program or anything like that and he really didn't but he decided to just take me on and uh i learned a few things from him tapped into his network and then i just bought a house from germany uh from a wholesaler and got it fixed up it appraised right uh and then i I refinanced it and i was like okay i'm gonna 10x this now and then i did a bunch more deals okay so name it you have yeah, there's a lot so there there's a lot there exactly and i was like oh dang all right so a lot of people are afraid to take action in their own backyard and you took action from germany here in the mm-hmm. united states so like applause to you because a lot of people will say no i cannot do this how am i going to invest from out of the country i don't have a team i don't know what i'm doing is my first property my first investment property uh what was going through your mind uh, when, when you were like, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger and, uh, and I'm going to buy my, my investment property, even though I'm outside the U S. Yeah. So I could break down that last like three minutes that I did just there talking or two minutes, however long that was. I know that was a lot. I tried to codify all the information really quick, but when I, when I met with, uh, my, my mentor, so to speak, he gave me a lot of information and he gave me a lot of contacts. And okay. we talked to this, we talked to this day and he said, Hey, I talked to a lot of people and helped a lot of people, but you're the one person that took the most action from what, mm-hmm. from the information that I gave you. And I, the more, the more you, you start to grow and learn about yourself, you start figuring out who you are and what you're good at. And what I'm good at is applying information and knowledge. If yeah. you give me some information and some knowledge, dude, best believe it's getting put to use. I just need to know how I'm going to figure it out. Uh, you know, how to how to take I know how to take action. So I just need the information and I'm going to apply it and it's going to work out. Um, But when I bought my first house, I bought it from a big wholesale company. I had interviewed the uh, contractor and and most of these people were people that my uh, my mentor had just given to me after like our third or fourth call. You see how serious about it. I didn't have like a bunch of, you know, low level questions. I watched 200 (laughs) episodes of like real estate investing podcasts. So I, I knew how to speak all the, you know, I knew how to say everything. I knew all the acronyms. I knew what everything meant, what you needed. Now I was going to go find it. And I was doing all of this in like a 
600 square foot barracks room in Germany, you know? So I was just like emailing, nice. Zoom calls, phone calls, uh, you know, stuff like that, interviewing over the phone. And when I first bought the first property, we had sold, we sold a house that I had first for my VA loan and made about $35,000 from selling it. They had appreciated. And that's when I was like, man, hold on. Real estate has some, some good equity. And I didn't know anything about this stuff yet. I had just bought mm-hmm. these houses to live in them. And uh, I sold that house. So I had some money to get in the game. So I bought this $70,000 house that needed fixing up. And my mentor was uh, an appraiser. He was always telling me add square feet, add square feet. So we like, we, my first deal, we enclosed this back porch to make a third bedroom. And uh, I remember when I bought it, I walked around the block like five times because I had this crazy anxiety. <laughs> I was like, what did I just do? I uh-huh. just bought this, this crappy house in a place I'd never been. I'd never seen it. I'd just seen like pictures and, you know, maybe one walkthrough. I had my cousin lived in the area or my, my wife's cousin mm-hmm. lived in the area. So we would send her over there to like kind of check on it every now and then. But I was just walking around the block like, I better not mess this up. My wife's going to kill me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that, that's kind of how it started with that first deal. Okay. And then the rest of the team then, when you did the rehab and you did convert the, the back porch into a bedroom, uh, did you have the team already set in place over there so that you can just tell them, hey, give me the bids, let's go? What was that process of how you funded the deal and how you funded the repairs? Okay. So I had about... I had saved some money and I had sold a house. So I had about $50,000. Yeah. I use hard money um, in Texas, which is, you know, money you can borrow from a company at a certain percent percentage and stuff like that uh, to close the deal. So I found mm-hmm. one that gave me 85% loan to value and it was a $70,000 house with a $30,000 rehab. Um, and I needed about 20 grand to get into this deal after their fees and everything like that. So I just needed 20 G's and I put that down to get the purchase, the rest of the purchase price and the uh, rehab amount. And I had already interviewed the contractor a handful of times to make sure we're on the same page. They were general contractors, so they handled everything. And I told them I would not pay them until the entire project was complete. So they were okay with that. And that was a big one for me because man, I, didn't, I don't know even, I don't even know how to, I still don't know how to fix anything. Like yeah. it doesn't do me any good to go walk a house or anything like that. Um, so this is why this, this was able to work for me because I wasn't like, Oh, I can do that part. I can do that. I said, I can't do anything. So I need to hire somebody to do all of it. And I don't live there. So I need them to manage, you know, all of it needs to be taken out of my hands. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I set it up to where I could just do it very much passively from Germany. And, you know, after a couple of interviews, we agreed on, you know, price and timeline mm-hmm. and, um, and stuff like that. And I knew they had a good quality because I had, my mentor had used them previously on a, on a couple of his projects. He recommended a okay. few people to me, but I picked them after the interview process. And uh, yeah, we just we just got to work, and the house appraised at one thirty six. And my hard money loan, I only had to pay it twice because I was I was gonna uh, refinance this property. Mm-hmm. So after it took it took him only like five weeks to rehab the property, and then I moved a tenant in there. So now the tenant was paying my hard money, so I didn't have to pay the hard money. No, I was cash flowing. Cause I only had to pay maybe like 800 bucks for the hard money. And then they were paying 1200 in rent. So I was cash flowing already without even having to refinance the property. So I wasn't in a rush. Um, and I was like, okay, so I know how this works now. I'm going to do this a bunch more times. And I opened like five more projects up one month later. And <laughs> while, wow. while still being in Germany. All in. Yeah. Oh, I don't mess around, man. I saw it worked and I was like, Okay, this works. I said, I can use that hard money. I can use this contractor. Oh, uh, I can use my cousin to take pictures. So I'm good to go. Um, it's funny. I didn't even actually refinance that house first. I did two refis at the same time. I did two burrs basically <laughs> at the same time before I had done any. You know, I wow. did another project and they finished around the same time. And I was like, all right, now I'm going to refinance these properties. And it just so happens I had a couple that I needed to do. So I did two at the same time with a mobile notary. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's crazy because again, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are afraid to, to like, to invest in their backyard 
but then you also went at it in your first time talking to hard money lenders. Was it hard to get a hard money lender in the beginning for you to get up to get them to say yes in your first deal? No, for me, no, because I had a W two job, I had cash reserves, mm. um, I had my budget template already done. He had worked with them before, okay. so he trusted he trusted their work. So I mean, it was it was streamlined, dude. It was, it was easy. Everything was just streamlined perfectly. Everybody well, knew everybody already because I tapped into a previous mm-hmm. um, network. That is key. Yeah, I'm sorry for yeah, that. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, he, you said it, it came easy, but it really didn't. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about like, dude, you said you watched 200 YouTube videos in a, in a jail cell, basically, um, and trying to like learn. So you knew the lingo. I can't even remember what book or podcast or mentorship I heard, but someone told me, Felipe, if you're going to go into a meeting, you better speak the language. And I'm not talking about English. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And then going into meetings, not speaking the language, I understood very quickly, very quickly what that looked like and what that meant. And it's like you said a minute ago, do you know what cash on cash means? Do you know what ROI? Do you know what leverage? Do you, do you know what all these words mean? And if you don't, you need to go back because you don't speak the language and you're not going to be accepted in the meeting. Experience is necessary, but if you don't speak the language, then it's going to be irrelevant. So yeah, you know, it was easy, but it was easy because you had done the work prior or that was required of you before taking that first actionable step. So when you were able to talk to hard money lenders, your mentor, you know, fill in the blank, you already had that like knowledge of at least the verbiage when they were going to ask you questions to say one of two things, either the answer or I know where to find the answer. And those are really important, right? Um, Which is great. Okay, so you did five more. Uh, Those went perfect or how did that go? Bro, I called my friends. I was like, hey, I got this thing going on. These houses, (laughs) I figured figured this thing out. It's a little part-time thing. Like my my guy Jim Rohn said, I figured out this part-time thing and it it, it works really good. (laughs) I just made like freaking 30K uh on this house you know yeah and and then uh so one of my friends we had already had this house together that we had house hacked we didn't even know we were house hacking at the time we were just like trying to find cheap ways to live (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh she was like okay like let's uh let's do one so we did it we did a duplex together and a single family home together and then uh another one of my friends we did a triplex together and then i just did myself a couple more single family homes but like, as soon as I found out how to make this money, I called my friends because one of my goals is to make money, a bunch of money with my friends. So I was like, it doesn't make any sense for me to have all this money. And if I can't hang out and have money with people that I want to hang out with anyway. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, let's make some money together. Me and one of my friends, we made about $200,000 <laughs> in one year of doing this. Another <laughs> one of my friends, we made about 50. Like, so like my friends love me, you know, because I show them how to make money and they love it. So what was Naaman doing? Let me follow him. Dude, straight up. One of my friends just bought a house and he's like, hey, I want to buy 10 more. And I was like, hey, I'm here for you, bro. Like, let me know what you want to do and uh, I'll assist you. So I, I'll i never forget, dude. I, I recently saw a post where like one of these like guru people on Instagram was like, your mentor should never want to partner with you on your deals. And I was I cringed. I was like that. That's the worst advice I've ever heard. That is like by far. I was like, no, I was like, your mentor, your friend, your guru, I mean, call it what you want to call it, should put his money where his mouth is when he's talking to you. And like you just said, you want to make money with all of your friends. And I feel the same way. I'm like, how can I make sure that we're all sitting at a really large table eating lobster, right? I don't want to be there by myself. That's dumb. Like then the lobster doesn't taste as good. Dude, you ever ate lobster by yourself? It sucks. You ever ate lobster sitting there laughing with somebody else? Bro, that is amazing, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, that's terrible. Dude, yeah, we all go on vacation together all the time as much as we can. Um, yeah, you know that, and that's another reason why I like to go to go to the meetups and stuff like that. Because like, you guys are the kind of people I'm trying to be friends with now, or that I'm friends with now, and I like to keep being friends with. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't need any more new friends at this point that aren't interested <laughs> in what I'm trying to do. So right. I bring my friends along, and then mm-hmm. some of the people that I like that I've met along the way, I build friendships with. Absolutely, no, that's awesome. Okay, so. You flipped houses. Um, I want to know where's your portfolio at now? And then let's talk about your wholesaling business because that's really interesting as well. So where's your portfolio at now with rentals and all that? Bro, so I didn't even flip any houses in the beginning. And thank God I did. I yeah. kept everything. Oh, my and man. My, my mentor told me. Like, yeah, smart man. Yeah. 
I didn't go for the quick check. I delayed the gratification big time. Um, Say that one more time. I didn't didn't go for the quick check. I delayed my gratification big time. Yeah. Uh, So I bought all the houses I bought. We kept them all. We refinanced all of them. And then we watched the appreciation from this last year. I've only been doing this by a little over a year. So I, I watched the appreciation from this last year. All I know is up at this point. And I watched all these houses. Uh, we're at 20 rental units over um, 10 or 11 properties. We just sold a couple. So I don't know. I'm actually sure. But uh, man, the equity that we've built in these houses. Last year, we got deals from wholesalers, 70K. Those houses are now from wholesalers, 100 30, 140, 150K. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what my fixed up house did oh, <laughs> over man. the last over the last year. Um, that's awesome. Have you re- really quick, have you done even more like cash out refis or done lines of credits on those types of properties so that you can get that like uh, take advantage of the equity you've built? That's exactly what I'm working on now. So okay. I've I've acquired like two more houses that I like, but I think we're still gonna hotel them and flip them off and we're gonna make the units that we have more profitable by turning a few of them into airbnb mm. right now it's just not a great time to buy houses in my opinion they cost too much yeah I, um, so I, how, I agree <laughs> so how do you make the units you have make you more money and so what i've done is move some of my lower performing houses into move that they got the tenants out and we're gonna make them airbnbs and then some of the ones that just appreciated a bunch but they can't make 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 the one percent rule I'm just going to sell those. So I have a duplex that appreciated a bunch, but the rent can only be so much. And it's just only going to, right now it only makes us like $400 a month, so, but we have $100,000 of equity there. I'm just going to sell that one. 1031 into some bigger reposition, right? That's the word everybody's tossing around now. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what we're going to do with a couple of these. But to answer your question, yeah, I didn't flip anything for a while. We're going to do about four flips this year, but just because it works for right now. I'm a big yeah. believer in uh, keeping everything for a while for cash flow. That's what's important to me is cash flow because I don't want to have to work hard the whole time. Like, I don't mind working hard now, but I don't know. Maybe in five years, I want to, like, not work as hard and just kind of be a lender or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to build your money machine. That's something that mm-hmm. we always say. It's super important, and I'm glad that that you're working on that now. And what's crazy is that you've been you've only been doing this for a year and two months now or something. Yeah, was my mind. So, really quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something. I know that you said you have a lot of equity in your properties. Um, when earlier you had said like you delay your gratification, so instead of doing a quick check, you want to do like a forever check. I think that's a lot of the difference between the refi and the line of credit strategy as well. A refi, you're gonna get a fat check quick. A line of credit, you're gonna walk out with nothing, but you have an availability of credit for long term. And what I tell people that is is you're basically just building your bank. You get one house, it has equity, you put a line of credit on it oh, over and over and you just keep re- redoing this process and now you're creating your own little bank to help you buy rental properties. So I like the strategy a little better. Yeah, I'm using my money two, three times now sometimes. Yeah, it's absolutely. it's insane. The, the equity we have, we're going to probably do portfolio loans mm-hmm. on and probably end up with something like half a million dollars in line of credit. And then you'll never have to borrow or ask for money again and you just keep reusing that over and, and over it, again. And that's it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll continue to upgrade properties and let them appreciate and then eventually end up with, you know, a million dollars of, of line of credit and become a millionaire. Um, and I know, I know we talked about that the other day is, you know, we, we, we I like to help people too. So I want to make a hundred millionaires, you know, and I'm, I'm like right on my way. My first time I met Diego, we had dinner in Austin and I told him, I said, dude, in like six months, I'm going to be a millionaire. I know it. All right. I'm just, I'm working on it now. And it's because I have, Basically, it's a four-step process, right? I had an idea a year ago, like, I want to be a millionaire. And I said, how, well, how do I do that? An idea is no, it's just an idea. It's not good if you don't do anything with it. I always talk about take action. My mentor gave me a book called Vivid Vision that we, uh, we went through and we made goals. We did what's called the BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal that, that we made. Yeah. And uh, so you have an idea. You take that idea and you make a vision um, of, of that idea. So I thought like, okay, how do I, how do I, what do I want this to look like? What do I want this idea to look like of becoming a millionaire? And then I came up with the theory for it. I'm going to do it through wholesaling, flipping houses, buying whole properties, just the whole real estate. The theory of real estate can make you a millionaire. 
and then that theory becomes a fact. So we go through like the idea, the vision, uh, the theory, and then it becomes a fact. Those four steps people should like really implement in their lives instead of being reactive all the time and like really set some goals be proactive on how you want your life to look. And I think that th those like four steps can really take you to the next level. Dude, that is mm. gold. That is yeah, gold. Is, is the fact re rewind part... that everyone rewind that listen to that two or three times so that it doesn't go over your head. Yeah. And this is the first time I've heard that. Uh, good. I, yeah. The, the fact in that process, is it something that you write what, like while you're there or the fact becomes fact once you've applied the theory in that process? Once you've applied that theory, um, you can okay. write it down, right? But I'll, I'll, how do you even come familiar? Of course, you write it down, you look at it, you reflect, you use it as motivation, mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it fact yet. Mm -hmm. So it's the yeah. application of the theory that will make it become factual. Dude, I like that. Mm. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, um, I'm writing, I'm writing that down. I'm going to put it on a tweet and then act like it's mine. And then later I'll say, <laughs> I'll tell Naaman that I told him that. So no, just give me I'll, a tag anyway. Hey, <laughs> oh. I don't care. Hey, I don't yo. Who's the author, the author of the book? He's from Canada, right? The Vivid Vision. He's Canadian. Uh, yeah. I forget his name though. I forget yeah. his name. Yeah. But yeah. I listen. I listened to it and then I would talk to it with my, my, my mentor at the time and he would, help me and at this time like i man, i never talked to nobody about real estate i don't listen to these podcasts you know so yeah. i'm thinking like what am i doing like writing down goals like what the heck is this stuff but like low-key you know full circle now i'm like okay i see what he was talking about i see why you need to do this stuff you yeah. just hear it all you hear all of it but until you actually start trying it and doing it then you start realizing it works mm -hmm. especially Amen. when you're coming from the perspective of the intention Right. I feel like by you setting up the vivid vision, having that theory, you're creating an intent. And once you have the intention, then you put in the action, then you can turn it into a fact. Really like that. Yeah, that was that was really good. Naaman, you keep mentioning your men or mentor mentorships and things like that. Speak on that a little bit more, because people are always on the fence of like paying for mentorship or adding value, getting a mentor or buying books. Can you explain how? What's your belief on mentorships, paid mentorships, not paid mentorships, self-education, paying for education, and how it's trajectory your investment career? Yeah, you don't, you don't need it. I'll start out by saying that you don't need it. But if you want to go faster, if you want to scale quicker, you want to meet more people, it's very much relationship-based uh, kind of business. So if you, if you want to get in the right rooms and, and, and hear the information before it's put out, by the masses. I mean, for the most part, if you can get in some of these groups, you can hear it a lot quicker. I needed it because like I was 5,000 miles away from where I was trying to invest. So I'm going to make sure I don't mess this up. So let me hire an expert, right? Let me, that's basically what I did. I hired someone to help me. Yeah, that's kind of, if you put it in the simplest terms, you can, you can join a group or a mastermind or hire a guru, whatever it is you want to do. Um, it's helped me. Like I said, my, my, my net worth probably last year was like 50 K we 10 X that and it's probably going to 10 X again in one more year. It's like, so it's crazy. You can go about it real slow and you can do it yourself. But if you want to really get after it, you need people. You cannot do it by yourself. Yeah. Fast. I'll say. That's interesting. I, I feel the same way. I don't think a mentorship is required to be successful. I think it will save you a lot of headaches, heartaches, and, and mismanaged finances and losses. Uh, if, if you can find the right mentor to go with you, that'll walk you through certain things or answer questions along the way, um, I think it's worth it. But I do think that there's a lot of um, fake out there, maybe a lot of people that are not practicing what they preach. Naaman, when you look for a mentor, what do you look for? So when I, when I, when I found my first person, um, through that podcast, I, I saw a person that was educated. He was a professor. I saw a person that was actively in real estate as an appraisal uh, person. I saw a person that had doors in a market that I wanted to be in. Uh, we shared the same religion. We had some of the same values. And I was like, I can get along. He liked football. I said, I can get along with this guy because we have a lot in common. And we, we're, we don't look the same. We don't talk the same. We're not from the same place, but we have a lot in common. 
So that's what I went. And that was the, that was me looking at it before I was in real estate. I was looking for a person that mirror imaged me and some of the same things that I was interested in. And that's what I looked for at first when I was like, man, I hadn't, I didn't have anything. I had some money and like an idea, <laughs> you know, the, the idea before the vision, that's all I had. And so I saw all those things in that person and I just reached out to him you know, over Instagram and, mm -hmm. and that, that, that worked out for me. I know you hear some people say like, you know, inbox a thousand people and someone will respond to you, you know, man, you're going to end up with the wrong person, dude. <laughs> yeah, <to> <laughs> yeah, I would not do that. Yeah. Who said that? That sounds like terrible nope. advice. I, I heard on some of the podcasts I listened to. So I'll tell you that. DM a thousand people. Jesus. Someone will, if you want a mentor, right. They say, reach out, keep reaching out. Right. Um, and someone was responding, I said, well, you know, I didn't take that approach. I, I reached out to one person that I thought I could get along with and it was honest mm -hmm. and had credentials and, and that mm -hmm. worked out for me. Um, and then I just ended up after that through mentorship. Um, I joined another mastermind in October. Don't love it. It's all right. You know, um, then I joined rat race. And I think like December or something like that, even though I wasn't, a, I didn't, I didn't like hop on immediately. Uh, I didn't know about Slack or anything like that. I was just kind of um, DMing Felipe about stuff like, oh yeah, I'm in this group or something. You know, I've seen you guys like post things about the Zoom every now and then, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't heavy into it yet, into the, uh, the self-education. Uh, after that, I was still just kind of doing my same deals, kinds of deals. I didn't have an idea yet that there was other ways to make this money. I was just doing my thing. One thing about me is I, I get, uh, no obsessed. So I get obsessed with things. So uh -huh. like I, I find something that I, that I like and I, I go all, I'm all in on it for that's all I'm talking about. All I'm doing it's like for working out. Like I'll just work out for crazy for like three months at a time. Sometimes and I'll take a whole month off. I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know, kind of bored with it. I'm just going to lay off of it for a little bit. And it's the same thing with me with real estate. Sometimes I'll take a week or two and I won't, like actively be, well, not anymore with my wholesaling company, but before that, I'd be like, oh, I'm just not going to look at deals for a little bit and let these kind of do their thing and wait for another one. Um, but when I'm in stuff, man, I'm, I'm down the rabbit hole, dude. <laughs> I'm reading the books. I'm watching the podcast. Um, I'm taking the notes. I'm networking in every group. I'm on every call. I'm hosting calls. Yeah, like, I'm in I'm in all of it, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then every now and then I, I unplug, but it's good. It's like a, a healthy obsession. Uh, with things mm. and it's a a perfectly imbalanced scale like i'm just like <laughs> wham oh, here boom there but it like it never like tips you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's interesting and it, that's funny I, I know that's why we get along too like i, I get the same way I name it. i get like targeted focus i crush that and then i like chill and then i i focus on something else and then i crush that and then i chill like the cabins in Gatlinburg that I'm buying, I was like, oh man, this is super interesting. Bam. Two months later, I have three of them. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, yep. wait, that just happened. <laughs> so no, I totally get it. I'm the same way. Okay. So really quickly, let's talk about wholesaling. How did that come about? Cause you weren't doing that from the beginning. How did wholesaling come about? Give us that story. Yeah. Uh, one of my, one of the famous lines that I like to share with people now is like working full time on my job and part time on my fortune. And I, I did that for uh, about nine months and I, I acquired like a good amount of cash and properties. And I, I kind of settled into just owning some properties and collecting a lot of rent. I was like, this is cool. And then I flipped a couple, the flips take a while. I was like, how do I get some more short-term money? And, yeah. and then the market kind of shifted and I couldn't find any more good deals anyway. to keep doing my, my strategy of like, you know, buy and hold properties. So I decided to take a, take a whack at wholesaling um, because I couldn't find any more great deals. And <laughs> two of my buddies, they saw what I was doing. They're like, man, no, you're making a lot of cash. Like you got these houses, you're flipping houses. You got, you know, what are you doing? And I told them, I said, and I'm about to start this wholesaling thing. If you guys want to, you know, come try this with me. And I have great friends. Like a lot of people can't say that. Some people have good friends. Some people got some eye relationships. I have amazing friends. Two of my friends quit their jobs and moved to Lawton, Oklahoma to help me start a wholesaling company. They believe in mm -hmm. what I, what I'm doing. Right. But that comes from track. That comes from having a track record though, Naaman. That's not just from like, Oh, I trust you. I'm going to run. That's like, okay, I've seen him win here. I've seen him win here. I've seen I, I'm, I'm on that next train. And that's why that happened. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Right. 
is over the last year, he's, again, you get to know yourself. People always told me, like, man, you can do anything you want to do. All right? And you're like, okay, like, great. Man, I believe those now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude. No, you're yeah. right. I can. I can. Um, I just got to, again, apply the, get it and apply the knowledge. Um, I'm like, there's nothing that, that I can't do if I try. So if I get my, my support through my friends and my wife uh, and get in the right groups and stuff, like, there's nothing that, that I can't do. Uh, right. And, and that, that pumps me up. So I decided to start a wholesaling company. We sucked at it for like two months. <laughs> we were like, we were, we were like calling at the wrong times. Uh, we didn't know we how to trash. do it quite. <laughs> Bro, we were trash. We had watched all the videos, you know, but it's yeah. not quite the same as uh, real estate. It's not really real estate. It's, it's sales. Not. I agree. It's, it's not real estate. Mm-hmm. It is. It's sales. And, and we weren't salesmen uh, at all. I'm a soldier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go, like, you go sell me this property. You understand? I go, yeah, I go take your house. You know what I'm saying? I go clear. <laughs> wow. We go clear the. We go clear the room. You know what I'm saying? We're we gonna clear this house. <laughs> but I wasn't a salesman at all, and I understood how to make systems work and stuff like that because I had done it in Germany. I made all the systems work five thousand miles away. So like, I know how to make systems work, and we decided uh, to start the company in I think it was March, and then we were really bad at it uh, for most of March, most of April. And we started to get a little traction in April and we did one deal. We're like, okay, so that's kind of how that works. And then we had the wholesaling event in Jacksonville with uh, Cash Geeks, Diego's brother, um, Gonzalo and uh, Dominic Felix. We went down there, learned some more systems, learned what it really looks like on, on wholesaling. And then we went back Add some of the stuff we learned to our group, our company. Okay. And then let me uh, let me stop you real quick. Um, because I want some transparency here. You you could have figured the things out that you learned at that retreat that's for the rat race members. Uh but let's let's the people are gonna want to know how much did that event cost, Naaman? I think we paid about four thousand dollars, I think it was, for me and my partner to go down there. How Plus many months? Yeah, how many months or years even do you feel like you shaved off by what you learned and then applied and how that's trans, how that's whatever that word that I got to try to say there is into making money now? Yeah, I cannot even put a real timeline on it. If we would have kept it at the same pace, let's say we we're making, we did one deal, it was like five grand. If we would have put it on pace, it would have taken maybe 10, 10 months to one year shaved off uh profit wise i still can't put on like future profits you know future dollar cost average i can't even tell you <laughs> what what it's going to put on um but we went we paid for that we went down there i made my money back actually down there i called a guy back and uh tell that story because i know that story tell yeah. that story yes yeah. and it's really important for everybody to know that yeah. there are people that go to events and don't take action there are people that go back home and then take action and you take action while you're at the freaking event, which is which pretty is crazy. Even better. Tell this story. Yeah. This is a good story. Well, I, I tell you, I learned about myself. It's application of knowledge. As I'm, I'm good at implementing it. So as soon as I learned, I can call somebody back and give them a lower price. I did that. <laughs> we took a break. We, uh, Gonzalo explained, hey, sometimes we have to call back and offer lower prices if our buyers aren't where we need them to be to make our assignment. And I go, oh man, wait, wait a minute. So I can call them back and offer them less money than we put it under contract for. And they're like, yeah. So we took a 15 minute break. Well, I don't phone immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was in the bathroom and Naaman's yeah. holding himself outside trying to make a call. Go ahead, bro. I went over there. I called this guy back. And I'm like, unfortunately, you know, we can't. Um, actually, I had my friend call uh, my partner call because I, I had to get I was trying to get back to the. Uh, to the meeting, we only did like a 10 minute break and who long who knows how long these phone calls will last. So I had right. my partner call and uh, he wasn't at the event, so he didn't know all the strategies, but he ended up getting about five thousand off. But I was trying to get ten thousand. Uh, so we got 5,000 off of our, uh, purchase price, uh, from the house. And, uh, that's about how much it costs us to get to the event. So we actually ended up making our money back in the middle of the event, <laughs> uh, down. Oh, so it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us have had that like aha moment. And a lot of the times it has been at events or retreats. And, uh, it's just like, it's just like Diego said, it's about applying what you're learning at these events. Um, you know, a lot of people, 
or I guess not a lot of people, but some people uh, during summers of their like high school and stuff went on like church retreats. And I always use this as an example. Like you go to this retreat or this like Bible study or VBS and you're on this high, but you don't apply any of it. Those that do end up with a better life. What you did when you went to a retreat uh, for Jacksonville, yeah, you had to pay for it. Like this stuff's not free. People spend their whole lives getting these things together. Gonzalo has spent the last three, four, five years perfecting his his craft, like you said, honed in, and you got to tap into that for five grand for three days, or for three or four thousand for three days straight, and then before the event was over, made your money back, then plus some, and plus you'll be able to use that forever, right? It's just like a plumber once told me, and I know everyone's heard this, dude, you're not paying me for my work. What are you paying me for? You're paying me for my time, the time that it took me to learn this, exactly. I was like, what do you mean you're gonna charge me 300 bucks to change out this? Like, I could have done it. He's like, go ahead. And he's like, you're, Felipe, and ever since then it clicked. He was like, dude, you're not paying me for the work. I, 30 minutes, I, that's all it took me. But it took me 30 years to learn how to do that in 30 minutes. And I was like, dang, like, Flip, that makes sense, right? So like, that's what you're really paying for. So what's your what's your wholesaling company doing now? What is it looking like? You were telling me earlier before the podcast started, you just had one of your best months. Can we dig into that a little? Yeah, so after we left the event, we came back. We restructured a bunch of stuff, uh, personnel, who does what job, all that stuff. And we made it look a lot like what Cash Geeks does with the cold calling. And we added a few other things um, to, to, our, to our company too. And working with them in the month of August combined, we did about 50,000 with Cash Geeks. Ooh. And last month I made more money in that month that I did in any other year of my life. In one month. Wow, yep. dude, that is awesome. Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Looks like we're going to have to go up on our dues at Rat Race. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> dude, yeah, I'm a, I'm a awesome. micro tribe leader. Do I need a discount? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Well, and so that's that's one of the things I name it too that, that I applaud you for too because it's like you went to an event, you build connections. At the end of the day, joining a mastermind, joining and if you go to a retreat, it's all about connecting with the right people. Uh, and then it just happened that by you taking action, building the connections, it has multiplied uh, to the end to the point that it just talks about who you are as a person you want to give back. So now you're also the micro tribe of the wholesalers in Rat Race. And you're giving all of that back. And I feel like that's definitely going to help your goal as well as Philippe and I go of making a hundred millionaires uh, within our peer group. And I feel like that's, that's awesome. So thank you for taking the time every week at 5.30 PM central um, to, to participate in those calls. It's the same thing I'll say when people say, thank you for your service, man. It's an honor and a privilege to work with you guys. Uh, not just to be a part of it, but to get to work with you. It's awesome. And uh, I love the fact that we can give back to other people. Uh, Jim Rohn says, you want to reach your goals, help others reach theirs. I mean, I just, I love, you know, helping the, seeing people get happy and pumped up about being able to try and make 50 grand profit next month, right? Uh, not just have to go to work and earn wages. Instead, they can go find ways to get profit every month. And I love being able to help people do that. I'm a big believer in abundance. Like there's so yeah. much money to be made out there. Let me help you get some of it. Yeah, it's th there's a lot. There is, there is, and I feel like having that mindset allows you, like, when you come with from the side of abundance, it creates even more abundance because you never know who the people that you're going to be helping, um, like the opportunities that are going to come from there. Yeah, and, I think and last, <laughs> I love that. No, I mean you're good. Go ahead. No, I was saying, and last month, like. We didn't just make money from wholesaling. We ended up, some of the stuff, like we planted seeds in March and we ended up making money from it in August. Like we flipped the house and just so happened to close in August. Um, so we, we, we wholesale, we flipped the house, we rent out Turo cars, um, we help people with marketing. Um, I have my W-2 job still. We make, and there's, there's other ways too that we make money. Um, you got to have a bunch of stuff going on because you never know which one's going to work. You got to take the shotgun approach at some of this stuff. Oh, and then my rental income, the, the, like all the, all the rental I was going to say, you're completely forgetting about That's how you know you've made it when you're like, oh, wait, all my rental income too. Like you got to have some stuff going on, man, because you don't know which yeah. one's going to 
pop, which one's going to not work that month. So you don't want to have a month where, you know, you're just feast or famine all the time. You got to be well-rounded. Yeah, 100%. Diego recently went to a uh, GoBundance conference, and one of the speakers said something that I really liked. Um, Diego, what did Brandon say at the event? He said the three things that that he wants. He's like, he wants to die broke. And what, what was that? What was that again? Yeah, give hard, die broke, and help, like, help what help what makes you cry or something along yeah we're gonna have diego have to give that one it was real. it's a really good quote do you remember that one i remember it from the call yeah that was a good quote and and it makes sense because uh it oh, kind of like it was me. this yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was goes. earn big give hard and die broke die broke die broke was the last one i remember that yeah, but i was yeah, like give hard die broke and then what he said what your life purpose should be is what you're good at what you're passionate about and help the people or help the situation that breaks your heart. Help the situation that breaks your heart. Mm, that's a good one. We have, uh, yeah, that's one that I, that I don't push as much, but I know that I do on my end. So we, me and my wife like to give well when we go out to eat on like tips. And then the thing that we do monthly is we have like compassion kids. So we have a compassion kid uh, couple actually that we, that we help out around the country. Those are, that's that, but man, that's, I love that saying that Brandon said, I'm going to have to definitely write that one down. Cause I ask you for it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. <laughs> Naaman. Um, so before we wrap this up, man, what's in the future for you? What are your goals? What do you, what does the rest of this year look like for Naaman? Uh, what, where do you see yourself? Cause you've grown so much in a year and a half, which is just ridiculous what someone can do with the right action and information. Um, so what, what 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 does it look like for you going forward? Yeah, right now we're we're really just working on wholesaling. We we want to get better as a wholesaling company. So that's that's the thing. That's going to be the main thing is wholesaling. We'll still do a flip probably every quarter, just because you can't just give away all your good deals. I that's think right. I also I also learned that from uh, Gonzalo too. He, he said it's a couple of them we definitely should have kept <laughs> and flipped. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, but again, you you listen to these guys that are they're going to do three million this year, right? And you listen to the little nuggets that they say, and you, you keep them, and you keep them in your pocket, and you go, okay. He looks at that maybe not as a regret or a mistake, right? Because he's still having a lot of success, but it's still something he looks back and says, maybe we should have did this. So like, maybe I'm going to do that instead, <laughs> you know? You know? So I'll keep my my big deals. We'll have a flip every quarter, depending on what what comes of them. Um, but the main thing is going to be. Uh, wholesaling because again i'm in, i'm full-time army so like full-time my job part-time my fortune profits are better than wages you know i'm a, i listen to this stuff once a week so i can keep my my head straight mm -hmm. uh from 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 the guys that, that i want to model myself after mm. and uh i'm big on like self-discipline and self-education and working on yourself becoming a better person and the rest will follow uh you know the rest of that stuff will follow so also, we're at we're we're trying to get into the Turo business. Uh, we've bought now six cars. I got my wife a Range Rover last week. She's all pumped about it. So, but we're putting that. Are you thing gonna put on it Turo. on Turo? Hell yeah, it's going on. Hey, there are no <laughs> look look. We don't have no liabilities. Only assets around here. So Let's everything go. has to earn its keep. Everything has to pay for itself, or you can't have it. So we you know we got six cars now listed. My buddy uh, Zach is is managing things for us on that side too. Um, so we're going to look to grow that business as well. And then, awesome. um, work on the flips, get some more books read because all the answers are in there and, uh, you know, just keep, keep grinding. Let's keep, I'm gonna try to figure out this military thing too. I don't know how long, how long I can, uh, keep working full time W2. So I got to find the right extra strategy and win and stuff mm -hmm. like that with, with that as well. Yeah. One, one last question for me, Naaman, because I know we talked a lot about Jim Rohn. I know that you follow mm -hmm. him um, on, uh, well, like on YouTube, watch all, all his right. YouTube videos. What is, uh, what is, what are like two or three of your favorite quotes from him? Uh, so one that just came up recently because we're in the Turo business, he says, we teach kids this, uh, this same theory with their bicycles, one to ride, one to rent. <laughs> right so yeah. I, I like that with my cars too like you know we, we got one car we ride one car we rent but we rent all of them but you know depending on what what day of the week it is you might be riding a different car but that's because the other one's rented uh mm -hmm. that's one one to ride one to rent 
And I then like one I've, I've mentioned some other ones already, but I'll try and think of some ones I haven't said yet. Uh, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better is another yes. one that he, uh, he says a lot. And people that don't know, the other ones that I mentioned that are Jim Rome is I'm working full time on my job, part time mm -hmm. on my fortune and that profits are better than wages. Yeah. Uh, and not and not that wages are bad. You can live a good life uh, collecting wages, but you can live a great life collecting profits. Yes. That's good, dude. That's good. One of my favorite ones is um, your level your level of success will tell them exceed your level of personal development. I like that one. And I like the the one that I always talk about is that success is not something you pursue. Success is something you attract by the person you become. And uh, yeah, but guys, Jim Rohn, follow him on YouTube. Uh, he has a lot of great content. Little nuggets that's just like, oh, this is so good. I start listening to Bob Proctor recently too. Mm -hmm. That's another one that I, I think I'm going to dive into his stuff um, when I'm not listening to Jim Rohn. These guys just keep your mind in a good place. Mm -hmm. So that way you can continue to implement the, the information you've gotten from your accountability groups, the books you've read. Uh, one thing that was mentioned to me from Brock, Proc, uh, Bob Proctor was to continue to read books. Uh, after you read them, you can read a book six months apart. You ever think of like when you were a uh, a kid and you watched a movie and then you watch that movie, when, like say you watch it when you're 15 and you watch it again when you're 25, it's the same movie, but your perception of that movie is completely different now. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with books, same thing with books and us as investors, you read a book one year ago and then you read it again a year later. I'm in a completely different place than I was one year ago. So for me, I'm going to do another round of books with some of the ones I already read to see yeah. like if if I can implement them differently now if I can pick up new information or if the application of the information is going to be different from this great book that I've already read once yeah I hear that one of the best two books to do that is how to win friends and influence people and the book um think and by grow Napoleon rich. Hill think <laughs> and grow rich because yeah. you get different things from like the 12 mm -hmm. different chapters in that book uh, it's so it's it's like it's so good depending on what stage you are in life. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read Think and Grow Rich this month. That's my goal was to read one book at least. I'm gonna read that one and I'm gonna reread one of the books. Um, it's a guy. It's called Your First Million on Instagram or something like. I forget exactly his handle, but he has a really good book. It's more about having good habits, mm. right? But I'm gonna keep reading his book because. When I was reading his book, I was waking up at like 5 a.m. to read his book. And like, it was all, it was crazy. I was reading it before I go work out. And then I stopped reading his book. And then I stopped reading books at 5 a.m. So I was like, hold on, let me get his book. Something back there. Up. Yeah, yeah. Let me pick this back up and, and re-implement some of the stuff in this book. Uh, because I, you know, I, I read four books in June. And then I read one book in July. I read no books in August. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me pick it back up. There's a lot of lessons to learn here. Uh, in, the, in these books, the lessons are already taught. These great people are literally put it in 300 pages and handed it to you. You just got to mm -hmm. pick it up and, and read it. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, don't realize the power and wisdom that's in these books where people have lived a whole life, been very successful, and then put it into 300 pages, like you said. And it's like, why would you not do that? Are you ever going to meet Michael Jordan? Probably not. Go read his book. It's probably going to be the closest you're going to get, right? It's the same concept with like rich folk. Am I ever going to get next to fill in the blank person, right? No, probably read his book then, right? And if he does a podcast, dude, definitely pick that up. Well, Naaman, man, you you dropped some knowledge and I'm, I'm really excited that we waited to do this podcast until you are where you're at now because I think a lot of people are going to get, like you said, a lot more from this podcast than it would have been six months ago because you're just at a completely different place. And I honestly believe that a follow-up podcast in a year is going to be completely different than this one was. So- Thanks so much for uh, for all the knowledge and wisdom that you've given us. Damon, where can people find you? How can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, how, how do we do that? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Naaman Taylor, N-A-A-M-A-N, and Instagram, Naaman underscore Taylor uh, there. That, mainly I'm on Instagram uh, when I'm reaching back and talking to people. It's just a the platform I prefer. Uh, so you can reach me there. And then, um, yeah, we can go from there. If people want to reach out, they got questions. I'm, I'm really interacting. I try to answer everybody's DMs. That's awesome. That's perfect. And then if someone's trying to get in a gym session, like what are we talking about? 
Yeah, you got to come to Fires Gym at Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that's you signed hilarious. on base. Uh, got to have right. a military ID to get on, but I get you in there. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Well, Naaman, we really appreciate your time, bro. Seriously, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in Jacksonville again here coming up soon. Um, we'll definitely have to, to catch up and all that, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, yeah Naaman, thank you. Thank you, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys next week. The Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.